Welcome everybody to Broadcast Team Alpha. We're here doing it again, bringing you quantum conversation while exploring the quantum possibilities. And tonight we're doing it in a really little bit different, right? New information, new, new kind of trajectory from way ancient times, really exciting. And before Augie tells you about our luminescent guest, I just want to thank you guys for being here. I know I'm being a little goofy. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for your super chats. You know, um, we have now broadcast Team Alpha on Tuesday night, 8 o'clock, right, because you're here. And then we have Sunday night, Augie does the Paranormal Show, and then Friday night at 7.30, we've got the Quantum Wellbeing Show. So we're really growing. And if you don't know about our Mastermind Connection, which that takes up three separate nights, uh, three a day and two nights, we've, we've got a lot of stuff growing and building. So if it's in your heart's highest good, and if it's in your means, we would so welcome, you know, if you would throw a donation in the uh, in the tip jar for us we'd really appreciate that and i would like to invite you to our mastermind connection what is that it is a it is a like a spiritual creation box okay i'm going to talk abraham hicks language it's where we all get together in our spiritual creation box and we decide we intend what changes we want to manifest in the world they're benevolent they're all benevolent they're for the highest good you know well-being uh weather patterns helping certain people heal helping major people heal right the fires um i said weather patterns um we we helped a friend's wife who was just about to be put on the ventilator during COVID, during that time um so sick was about to be put on the ventilator and we masterminded for her we had a beautiful visualization and that's how it works you know we we work with the laws of the universe we get a vision of seeing i'll give you an example of seeing john's wife healthy and healed and walking out of the hospital but right? we all imagined her we don't, even, we don't even know what she looked like but right it doesn't matter we still connect we imagined her walking out of the hospital and i've been a nurse for 150 years people don't go from almost being put on the ventilator to being discharged the next day that like never happens but it happened with her and it was absolutely part of the beautiful energetic alchemy right and manifestation that we created if you want to join us we get together monday night wednesday night those are casual nights we watch videos and talk about them and then we get together on Sunday where we do the actual manifestation. And it's a beautiful guided imagery. It's a meditation. And then we hang around and talk if you want to. If you want to join us, send an email to the T-H-E mastermindconnection at gmail.com. Augie will send you the link and you can come hang out with us and see if it's something you want to continue doing with us. We'd love to have you. It's so much fun. So Augie... Without any further ado, please tell us about our guests. I'm so excited. Oh, yes. This is going to be so much fun. We have Sarion Michael White with us. 
And I, I know a lot of you know him already, but I'm going to say a few things for the three of you out there that don't. And uh, he is a researcher into UFOs, ancient civilizations, the hidden history of the world. <clears throat> he is an astral traveler, and I've seen a lot of strange stuff out there. He's a contactee. Uh, that right there, being a contactee, is what gave him access to the living records, the historical records of Earth. And he teaches people how to become their own channel. He's an author, and he wrote the book Raya, Sands, and the Bridge Between Worlds. And he talks very eloquently on one of my favorite subjects, and that is the mystery schools or millennia past. And for the next hour or so, he is with us, so we can brainstorm with him and learn some of these ancient secrets. So welcome to the show, there, Sarya. Yes, thank you so much for having me. So good to have you here, really exciting. Love your energy, by the way. So you have an incredible amount of knowledge and we've highlighted so many things that we want to talk about before we get started and this helps people get to know you a little bit like what was what was your pathway what was your trajectory that led you to here did you have like unusual experiences when you were a little kid that kind of foretold that you had these gifts and you were going to end up here or how did that go for you well, I did have a lot of things that happened in childhood, but I think like a lot of us, I shut down and forgot quite a bit of it. By the time I was seven years old, I noticed that something had changed. I had lost touch with the knowledge that I came in with. And so from about seven years old on to about 16 or 17, so about 10 years, I was kind of in this wondering. I still had very vivid, lucid dreams. So it gave me this interesting impression of like, which, which is more real, physical reality or the dream world? And you know, what's going on in the dream world? Does it extend past my own imagination? Is there a larger reality out there that I'm connecting with? Especially when you dream of going back to the same places over and over again. So I had these kinds of questions stewing in my mind about the real nature of reality. I was a very inquisitive person. Uh, but I knew that I had lost touch with something and I tried always to figure out what it was. Like, did I used to remember all my past lives and then I shut down and forgot? So I started asking really deep questions and probing for answers. By the time I was about 16, I started to predict that I was going to go through some type of a spiritual awakening. By the time I was 17, I started to have some experiences in the dream state that were more vibrational, where I was coming in contact with vibrations of consciousness coming from ETs, from Ascended Masters. And then that led to a full-blown uh, multidimensional awakening by the time I was 18. I had a wow. Kundalini rising experience that connected me with my higher self. I started communicating with guides. I had uh, out-of-body experiences started to become a regular thing. And I was able to use those newfound abilities to explore, to ask questions, and then to have guides actually take me out of body to witness things, sometimes in the future, sometimes in the past, sometimes just from an angel's eye view, to see things that answered my questions. And that dialogue just kept going and going and going until eventually 
my channel opened and I started having Ascended Masters channel through me to give people readings. And at that point, I was as much a student as the people that I was reading for because I was always learning new things from what was channeling through me. I, I just felt really humbly blessed to have the opportunity to be a conduit for the teachings of the masters. And yeah, it just keeps evolving. Uh, it's always, always changing as I meet new people and we share knowledge and yeah, yeah, I'm sure your energy takes you to many, many places. I mean, not necessarily just right here, right? Uh, so when your channel opened, was that like a major event or was it something that you were like, oh, wait a minute, who are these beings talking through me? How did that go? Well, I had been connected with the Ascended Masters for many years and being a channel was something that I always sort of aspired to and I was doing it in my own way through creative writing and uh, you know, channeling my guides, getting messages from them that I would write down in a notebook. So for a long time, it was mostly something that was happening either in a kind of a mild dreamlike state when I was waking up in the morning, or sometimes it was happening through a journaling process that would flow with guidance. But when my channel opened in 2005, it was uh, a unique experience. I had had other openings and channelings before, but it wasn't consistent. In 2005, it was like the Ascended Masters came in and said, okay, we are going to overlight you as a channel and train you to be able to channel us for other people because that is now going to be part of your work. Wow. So yeah, that was a major, major event. How do you define channel? Just curious. <laughs> Well, I think of all of us as being channels. I mean, there's a, a life force of consciousness that comes all the way from the highest source vibration of creation energy in the universe down through a very specific channel and pathway of energy that is part of the structure of the universe uh, that feeds right into the manifestation of who we are as an individualized soul. And so we all have a channel. We all are a channel. Uh, but the process of channeling is one of sort of opening the valve just a little bit more and sometimes allowing a presence of consciousness from other guides or sometimes it may just be a form of healing energy, uh, light, love, uh, qualities of consciousness that are coming from a more pure source that can just blend with us and merge with us and channel through us. Mm -hmm. Yes, beautiful. I love that. And it seems like more and more, and well, of course, everything is accelerated right now and the veil is lifting. Right? So, right. so more and more people are opening to their potential to channel, which I just think is amazing, just amazing. But I would just like to shift gears a little bit and you've got vast knowledge and understanding of ancient civilizations and the mystery schools. I'd love to go down the mystery schools path if you feel like it. Absolutely. I'd like to start by saying that we have vast knowledge because any knowledge that I've ever tapped into, it's part of a library of vibrational memories and knowledge that is part of our inheritance. It's more of our mind than it is anybody else. And the fact that I have uh, gained a measure of access to that 
that is just so that I can be a catalyst for others who can be a catalyst for others who can be a catalyst for others. Uh, because it's something that was designed and meant to awaken within uh, all of us eventually, uh, but especially certain people that are more primed and ready to uh, be a part of these waves of activation that are opening up. So yeah, the mystery schools is a really hot topic. I see more and more people exploring this, especially the ancient Egyptian mystery school, which is where a lot of my personal experience and knowledge comes from. Uh, so my favorite. Yeah. Uh, you know, interesting with Egypt, it's kind of confusing because the traditional view is that the Egyptian civilization sort of flourished and came into being in a certain time frame about, you know, uh, five to 6,000 years ago. And that to me is just the sort of next awakening uh, of the civilization in Egypt. There was an earlier one that laid the foundation for the one that uh, Egyptologists associate uh, all of those megalithic structures with. But a lot of those structures were created in an earlier time and they were inherited by the dynastic Egyptians, uh, in some cases refurbished, uh, in some cases degraded <laughs> um, by what they did. But still, uh, there's an earlier time, uh, probably going back more like you know, 12, 13,000 years ago, uh, when a, a lot of these structures and their purpose were starting to be laid out to create a foundation for a, a great awakening that was known was going to come in our time. So when the ancient Egyptian mystery school that I commonly speak about and that we're, you know, we're all talking about, uh, that was approximately 6,000 years ago. Uh, and it laid the groundwork in a way for the emergence of many different wisdom lineages and uh, traditions and uh, forms of ancient knowledge that, that went out and influenced the world's religions. Uh, a lot of the sacred knowledge that influenced uh, many different awakenings and spiritual movements, uh, both directly and remotely, uh, because it was holographic in nature. What was happening in the mystery schools, it was affecting things on the other side of the planet. Uh, it was an awakening that echoed out and touched many different time periods. In fact, it's still happening. Uh, so what the, the ancients, uh, the remnants of Atlantis set up with some of these pyramids and temples and what they were designed for uh, as instruments of higher consciousness to help uplift consciousness. Uh, when that got inherited and the earth reached a certain position uh, in the heavens where uh, the influence of certain star groups was able to start uh, reactivating the purpose of some of these temples to bring in more light uh, that could be harnessed through the process of these spiritual initiations that were taking place in the mystery school. When that started to happen, it was a whole new awakening that set up a framework for part of the awakening that is happening now. And I'll briefly tell you how that works and why it works the way that it does. And then uh, I'm happy to like take any questions. So it was known that there was going to be this moment of cosmic opportunity that would take place in this time period. 
that the earth was going to be flooded with light once again, even more profoundly than it was during the time of the mystery school itself. And that there was going to be a need for the humanity of this time period to be supported into these other levels of awakening, to tap into this light, to begin to uh, integrate light back into our bodies and to hold it as a community vibration that could awaken uh, the, the rest of the world. So it was known that there would be uh, you know, people like us that would feel drawn to uh, be emissaries of light and to anchor light into our bodies, to want to climb the ladder of vibrations once again, as we had done in ancient times. And so it was also known that we weren't all going to be collected together in one place where we could start out in one community and build this field together and extend it out in a way that had a strong foundation of uh, community uh, to begin with, it was known that we we're going to be spread out all over the place, uh, born into societies that did not support us to be in an awakened state carrying light. Uh, you know, a lot of us came in carrying light and that light got just beaten out of us, <laughs> you know, and there was a lot of, uh, let's say, insensitivity in our psychological environment not supporting us to be in a more open vulnerable sensitive state of awareness and connectedness with light so you know all of these things were known so what the ancients did is they set up this mystery school where a number of people were able to go through a process of forming a community and uh, forming a community based upon knowledge of the human resonance field where they were able to create a group harmonic coherent field of consciousness that they could hold that they could extend to uh, imbue others with that energy to attune them to bring them into the community field and they were practicing the high art of tantra uh, which was a process of aligning with levels of light vibration where masculine and feminine energy are whole and unified and work together synergistically. And so they would come together and they would practice uh, holding this field together in a way that was very synergistic and caused their chakras to light up and vibrate with immense excitement, riding waves of ecstasy into higher vibrations, pulling in knowledge from other dimensions and star systems and encoding that knowledge into the stones and the temples that were some of the um, sort of like the storehouse of the knowledge under so the umbrella uh, under the umbrella of that field that you said they create what kind of subjects did they teach in those schools yes well they were able to uh through the practice of tantra and and going into a state of a deep ecstatic union with one another, they could bridge consciousness into the multidimensional levels of themselves, and they could travel into these other channels of being that are part of the multidimensional self, and sometimes find themselves in other bodies on other worlds, and they could pull in knowledge from other worlds, and bring that knowledge into uh, our awareness here. Well, one of the things that they were doing was they were retrieving or connecting with different spiritual gifts that had been developed on other worlds 
and they were pulling those in and starting to channel them and share them and work with them. And so this was a mystery school that was designed to awaken the soul's gifts, gifts like, you know, telepathy and deep levels of empathic abilities, uh, the ability to create certain kinds of alignments and connections between the chakras that could produce certain effects in human consciousness that could um, allow us to do all kinds of different healing work. I mean, the ability to heal is, is not just one thing. There is a wide spectrum of different types of unique healing abilities that they were channeling and bringing into form and then sharing with one another. And because they had this community resonance field, it made it possible for people to share their gifts with each other in such a way that, you know, I could channel somebody else's gift. If I was working with somebody and the gift that somebody else needed was something from somewhere from elsewhere in the community that I personally had not worked with before, I could become a conduit for some other aspect of the community's soul gifts. And that could just merge into me and come through and work with uh, the person that I'm working with. Uh, so yeah, that's the type of stuff that we were doing. That's amazing. So I'm, I'm imagining that when that sort of transference, transaction, um, whatever we would call it, where you kind of took on somebody else's modality from another planet, that was all within the container of that ecstatic, that ecstatic vibration that ecstatic harmonic vibration that's yeah. like the gel that held everything together right absolutely yeah if you were to see this from an angel's eye view from a higher dimensional perspective it would have looked like there was this bubble of love vibration almost like a dome that covered the whole land of egypt and extended beyond it and it was gradually growing in strength in uh, expanding its physical parameters to affect a wider and wider area. And it was also kind of like a dome of protection and it protected the work of these very sensitive channels uh, in the Egyptian mystery school because they were being held in a love vibration. Now, eventually the masculine and feminine energy started to come out of balance with one another. And once the imbalance uh, got going too far in the wrong direction, it led to uh, disruptions in that field. Uh, it weakened the protection. It caused a polarization to start taking place, which was also part of the plan because that was how we were going to draw in uh, our wounded masculine and feminine selves from different places in the galaxy uh, to come in and participate in attaching themselves to the polarized aspects of the field so that it would imbue that into the Great Pyramids and it would uh, create a special kind of setup and an initiation that would be picked up in this time period. Because in order to ascend back into these other levels, we have to now clear uh, the things that we drew in and attracted into the polarized version of the Mystery School. These so we're still Oops. Yeah, Go this mission has been around a very long time. And I'm wondering 
where did the information originally come from? Could it have come from Atlantis, let's say, when the last islands went down about 30,000 years ago and they went to Egypt? Could it have come from there? Because I know they were doing these kinds of things in Atlantis. Yes. Now, Atlantis uh, definitely had mystery schools. And yes, the Egyptian mystery schools specifically are an extension of the knowledge of Atlantis. Uh, absolutely, there is a very, very strong link. Um, I would say anytime there has been an incarnation of the ancient or sacred mystery school uh, on the planet, it also, in many respects, stands alone as a, a new incarnation of a mystery school that is more ancient than any of the civilizations that we might uh, ascribe to it. So, you know, even though there's a direct link, there's a, a knowledge link between the Atlantean mystery schools and the Egyptian, you could think of each incarnation of the mystery school that took place in each time period also as somewhat of a standalone uh, incarnation of the mystery school because there was a whole new dispensation of light that was also coming in that was unique in each time reference. But yeah, it goes back even before Atlantis. In fact, some of the uh, incarnations of the mystery school on Earth uh, have taken place in vastly more ancient times long before humanity, uh, when there were other civilizations on the planet that were not human. Mm. I also know, uh, I heard Greg Braden, he, uh, he went to Tibet and he met with the Dalai Lama. And they ended up in a conversation about the fact that he, uh, Greg thought maybe this guy that we know as Jesus may have been there. And the Dalai Lama said, yes, there was this Hebrew. We have paper recorded, uh, they have recorded records of this Hebrew that came here right about 2,000 years ago, and his name was Issa. And then finding out that, yes, that was one of the names he used. Yes. Mm -hmm. That was one of the mystery schools in Tibet. Yes, absolutely. We do, we do have, a quick, have a quick question in, in the sure. chat room. Um, Faith Inspired asks, can you, can you gift someone your energy and gifts before the body dies? Any thoughts on mm -hmm. that? Uh, well, I would say anything is possible if it is in alignment with divine will. Uh, so if that's something that is truly in accordance with divine will, I don't see any reason why that couldn't happen. I personally have not ever uh, heard of a specific instance of that taking place, but I do know that ancestors uh, can pass on gifts to uh, their descendants. Uh, and any being uh, that has developed or cultivated a gift uh, vibrationally uh, can pass that on. Some of the gifts that I have been imbued with have come from incarnations that were not part of my soul lineage. Uh, it was an entirely different soul, different uh, culture, different time period that I had not been a part of myself as a soul, uh, but they came through and shared part of the vibrations of their gifts with me. So anything's possible. I do want to say one other thing about uh, the, the mystery school topic, though. 
because uh, to kind of complete my, my thoughts on this, uh, you know, because it was known that we were going to be all spread out all over the world and we wouldn't all be concentrated together, you know, surrounded by advanced teachers training us into higher levels of conscious, you know, there was a need to create something that could uh, give us access uh, to this type of knowledge. And so if you think of, um, imagine like we're at this particular vibration, and I'm just representing where my hand is at. This ancient mystery school in Egypt, they were able to sort of ascend beyond the vibration that we are moving into now. And they kind of like leaped ahead. They were ascending into slightly higher vibrations of physical reality. And they were going through all of these initiations and they were in, in a way they were leaving a trail of initiations that were being embedded into layers of physical reality that would remain uh, part of the very fabric of the world uh, and also encoded into the vibrations of the pyramids and the stones so that uh, when we got to this uh, present time period and we start to move into those layers of energy because the earth is increasing in vibration we're you know being boosted up and so as we enter into these layers we then are able to receive the benefit of this kind of ascension trail of breadcrumbs that was left behind and some of the initiations that were taken in those egyptian times were taken for all of us on behalf of humanity because the awakening that was taking place in those high level initiates was an awakening that was designed to uh, echo out into the future to uh, gift us something that would benefit us and i had a personally a direct real experience of that just a couple of months ago at the last uh, sedona retreat that my partner and i facilitated we had a group of people come together and it was quite surprising because uh, thoth one of the ancient egyptian uh, and, and Atlantean masters and teachers of the mystery school, uh, he came through and he described how the Egyptian masters are now beginning to extend a healing platform. It's like a vibration and a vibrational space that comes from uh, beneath the earth in these, uh, the inner sanctums of the masters beneath the land of Egypt and where there are still uh, temples that exist at a higher vibration i mean they're there physically as well but the masters are there at a higher vibration they're able to extend this healing platform out to us to connect us with some of the benefits of the initiations and the healings and the clearings that already took place thousands of years ago uh, but created a pathway for our awakening now so that we're not starting from scratch in this current awakening ascension process where uh, able to inherit things that were already laid out for us. And so one of the things he said was that uh, during the mystery school initiations, people would go through an experience where they would clear all of their self-conflict. They would have to address wherever they had internalized a form of self-conflict, and they were able to, to achieve profound breakthroughs in consciousness where they transcended self-conflict uh, and purged it from their consciousness and lived life without it. Anchoring in that human potential and imbuing it into stone such that now that we're at this vibration, the stones are beginning to speak to us 
to share with us the memories of this human potential that we can now choose. So imagine that you start to become aware of what a detriment it is to be in conflict with yourself in any way. And you get serious about wanting to clear that. Well, what if you just receive the support of human beings who have already done that and to receive their encouragement to align with their experience of transcending conflict and allow that experience to reflect inside of your body and consciousness in a way that reveals that aspect of your potential, which is a potential everyone has. We all have the potential to transcend self-conflict. So self gave us this uh, opportunity to receive a clearing. And I was surprised because when I woke up that morning, I felt so much self-conflict come up inside of me. I was wondering like, wow, how am I going to be able to channel this retreat today? Because uh, I felt so, and where is this coming from? Like this is uh, coming out of nowhere. I couldn't understand at first. Why was I feeling this? I, there wasn't even anything that had triggered it, but suddenly I was face to face with some of the deepest energies of self-conflict. And then Thoth came in. I think he was the first master that channeled through me that day. And he said that we were in the midst of a clearing because they were extending this healing platform and offering for us to receive from the benefits of those that had cleared all self-conflict. And that's why that energy was coming up. It was actually part of a healing process. And over the course of several hours, that energy came up and out. It didn't just come up, it came up and out and it released. And I want to say at least some measure of self-conflict that I had been living with for my whole life since childhood, it just got resolved in a very graceful, beautiful healing ceremony. Not that I'm, you know, clear of it, but it's, you know, it's, we take these steps and every time we take one, we're hopefully making it easier for uh, other people that are coming after us in this process. Absolutely. You mentioned also just a little, oops, I'm sorry, Nari. You mentioned that the stones will talk to us. Uh, it sounds a little far out there, but there is some science behind that. Because I know that uh, they have done experiments with putting voice and pictures into crystals. And they get deposited just like you would deposit them on a computer. And they were able to retrieve them. In fact, also, they were able to retrieve them in form of mental images, which is more telepathic. So what you're saying right there, there is science behind it, and that's, that works. Yeah, well, the way that I came to understand this, and, and this started from my own experience of going to Egypt and you know, laying my hands on some of these statues and stones and feeling them, vibrate knowledge into me and hearing messages speaking to me as if somebody in Egyptian times thousands of years ago knew that I was going to come and one day touch that stone. And it's like they were using uh, some type of uh, a way of focusing their attention through the elemental energy of the stone to talk to the future. And they could see me there. They were speaking to me about who I am and what I came here to do and what my connection to Egypt was. So I, I've had my own experiences of this, both physically and remotely, because there's even more that came to me after visiting Egypt. 
But my understanding of it is that they knew several different things. And this is some of the ancient knowledge that I believe came from Atlantis, which is that uh, human wisdom lineages can be broken. You know, somebody can die unexpectedly before they passed on their knowledge. Uh, they knew that human uh, wisdom lineages can, you know, the knowledge can become corrupted as we move through ages of light and dark. And so in order to pass on knowledge to the future, they needed to pass on their knowledge uh, to beings that did not die. And so they started working with the elementals of nature, elemental beings, beings that live inside the construct of matter that inhabit the stones and the crystals and the mountains and the rivers and uh, that can be entrusted with information and uh, that was something they utilized they built these temples knowing that the temples would house various types of beings that were being uh, welcomed into those temples as memory keepers they knew that there are certain types of elemental beings that specialize in receiving and holding memories and making them accessible in the same way that we would store information on a hard drive. Except it's happening in the natural world with beings that are far more conscious, ancient, multidimensional, uh, and accessible to us throughout all the ages. So they knew what they were doing when they built yeah. these temples and encoded information into them. Awesome. I love that. And you, of course, are a channel and now you're helping people to open to being a channel themselves. How, what does that look like? How does that work? If I wanted to come work with you, what, how would that be? Yeah, well, there's a number of different things that I have been doing. I was doing private readings for people for gosh, almost 17 years, and I would introduce people to who their spiritual guides are and help them make the connection. And sometimes I would even work with somebody over a series of sessions to uh, develop the connection. That's something that I was doing one-on-one -on -one for a lot of people. And I also have taught courses. I've kind of transitioned away from doing the private sessions for a while, and I'm developing other tools, uh, like uh, there's a master class that I'm developing now for uh, breakthroughs and channeling, making breakthroughs in uh, your ability to channel your guides. Um, I have developed a free course, uh, kind of did this during the pandemic. I knew there's a lot of people stuck at home and maybe some people want to uh, use some of that free time to practice opening their channel or explore the topic a little more. So I created 13 lessons. Uh, it's like a learning to channel course and that is at uh, channelingnow.com. So people can go to channelingnow.com slash register and sign up for that. So there's a free learning to channel course and there's a whole montage of video teachings from other channels giving their tips about uh, the process of opening to channel. And that's just phase one. There's a phase two coming, uh, you know, in the not too distant future. I'm working on that now and I am also, I just finished creating a, a guide that links a number of different video and audio resources that I've developed together. And 
uh, that is going to be available on my website uh, very soon as well. I was trying to have it done by the time I got to this interview, but I'm still tweaking a few things. But uh, check back on my website, sarion.com, and you're going to see that available very soon. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about training more people, not just how to channel, but how to uh, give readings. And I want to pass on you know 17 years worth of knowledge and experience to people that want to go down that path themselves and learn how to be a student of the masters and the angels as a channel for other people. Uh, so yeah, people come to my website and uh, you know, join one of the lists that are there, then uh, they'll be able to you know, be in line for when that comes around. Great. That's you have you have also learned how to access the living records from Earth. How do you perceive those living records? Do you is it mental connection? Is it visionary, or do you see it in a pool? Or how do you get the information from there? Uh, well, I think that all of our minds have the ability to collapse distance. Uh, you know, when you start to think in terms of uh, there being, you know, no space, no time, that uh, the mind is capable of bridging any gap uh, as if all things are present. Uh, that our aura has the potential to reflect knowledge from anywhere at any time. And so all the records of life in the universe are accessible to us. Um, it does help to learn meditation. You know, as you know, you, you know the value of meditation. Uh, so uh, learning how to meditate uh, and to be able to go into a, a deep, state of relaxation and more importantly receptivity uh, that is very very useful however uh, it's not entirely essential to develop the connection to the living records because you know this is part of our birthrights it's actually part of our bodies we're really learning how to access information that is stored in our dna and that's something that is in a process of awakening inside of us so I would say that a lot of my experiences of accessing records is not something that I initially had any control over. It's not like I developed this as a skill. Rather, I just started having guides showing me things uh, and sometimes answering questions. And then I realized, okay, wow, there are living holographic records and our bodies are connected to this and it's possible to tap into this. but. One of the ways I think this is going to start to filter into human experience more commonly uh, has less to do with developing this as a skill and more to do with connecting with other people and individuals and groups that have a shared interest in opening themselves to access such knowledge because whenever you have two or more people uh, gathered that form a sacred container for light, for higher consciousness, for spiritual energy, uh, it creates a stronger platform for this kind of sacred knowledge to reflect into our field of consciousness. So what people are going to be learning how to do more and more over the years, the decades, is how to come together 
and through intention create a sacred container for spiritual knowledge to reflect into the space between us uh, so that we start to support each other to expand our consciousness through a group harmonic resonance field which makes it possible to see things and feel and sense knowledge that cannot be understood properly by only one mind alone. Uh, there are certain forms of knowledge that it, it takes multiple reference points to kind of anchor in uh, a more expansive view. You know, so it's all about group energy. It's all about coming together and supporting each other to expand our consciousness through group energy. I love that. I love that. And I really liked the way that you positioned it, the way that you said that the uh, it makes it more... I'm freestyling this. It, it makes it more possible for the information to be reflected into the yes. consciousness. I love. I love the way you said that. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Really There's a really important uh, key that I'll share about this that uh, connects with how the records are going to open. Uh, this is something I see happening more and more commonly uh, over the years, the decades. Uh, eventually, everyone's going to be talking about this in a way that will be fairly unified throughout the world because people all over the world will be having similar experiences of it. I mean, this is still, uh, you know, quite a ways ahead, uh, but it's it's not outside of the realm of possibility for anyone now to uh, start to move in that direction and have openings in this regard. And so the key is the 1-1 vibration. So the 1-1 vibration is a vibration of perfect equality of being. Uh, it's something that uh, Yeshua taught during his ministry, you know, Master Jesus. And he taught this by way of extending a very simple prayer. And the prayer is, I am one and you are one. And we are both equally one with each other and equally one with the heart of humanity. Mm -hmm. uh, meaning that there is one human heart that we both share in that heart equally. And whenever you are holding and affirming that equality of being, that supports a field of oneness and wholeness to come into the field between us. And then that activates what I call our betweenergy. So betweenergy is like a, a place between every two souls where you can't tell the difference between where one soul ends and the other begins. And uh, between friends and soulmates and people that work with this kind of oneness energy, that uh, betweenergy can open up into a space of shared personality and reflectivity uh, where you experience yourselves like extensions of a shared third being that is resonating in the field between you. Uh, so I actually uh, kind of coined that word and that meaning when i was when i was channeling this book um so you can see it uh it's roya stands and the bridge between worlds so this is uh where that word kind of in entered into the the global conversation through this book love it i love it where can we get that book it's available on amazon perfect yeah. now can you, will you say that again because it was so magnificent the, the one and the one, say that Yes, again. I am one and you are one. 
and we are both equally one with each other and equally one with the heart of humanity. Those were words that, I mean, this is the English translation that filtered into my conscience, but they, these were words that were originally spoken by Yeshua you know, 2,000 years ago that uh, I was shown in the living records of his life and teachings. It was actually St. John that was speaking the words that uh, Yeshua had instructed him to speak uh, to people uh, in the, the memory where this comes from. When you look at the living records of Earth, that could involve the past, present, and the future. So, what, if you look at that, what do you see in our future? We know the present and the past, but what about the future? What do you see? Yeah. Well, I've been shown a couple of different timelines, well, I mean, a number of different timelines, but there are two specifically that uh, look like they kind of run parallel to each other for a while. Uh, and both of these timelines are there to contrast one another so that we can experience a very powerful test of discernment. Because in one timeline, humanity is being led astray into a kind of a technological prison uh, with AI and augmented reality and ever more advanced forms of augmented reality that, um, you know, if it becomes a, a big enough cultural phenomenon that you know, people uh, start to see augmented reality as the pathway for us to all become unified, we will lose our way. We'll lose our freedom. We'll, you know, our brains will be hijacked uh, by how that technology can also be used to uh, control us on that timeline. Um, the other timeline is the Ascension timeline. It's the timeline where electric, electronic technology uh, and even things like AI uh, have a, a more uh, limited and beneficial role uh, that supports us to, uh, to free up our time so that we can have more time to practice uh, sharing consciousness and building vibration and uh, developing these really powerful attunements with the natural world. I mean, imagine if technology was, you know, running in the background and not just in our faces, wearable, you know, all over our bodies. And instead it's, uh, and it's being used, uh, you know, AI and automation is being used uh, to create the resource of time for everyone in a way that everyone benefits, not just uh, people who want to use it uh, to increase their bottom line. Uh, so, you know, uh, things like AI, I'm not an anti-AI anti, anti -AI person because I think it has a place on both timelines. But as you go further down each timeline, you will see very different uses for these kinds of technologies that are uh, currently uh, coming into being and being developed. So if you go far enough down the ascension timeline, the timeline of our highest potential, and I would also say that the these two timelines are distinct, distinctly different from one another because one of them is ultimately a dead end. Uh, in one timeline, we end up trading away the Earth's resources just to get access to more and more advanced forms of alien technology that can enhance the user experience of uh, this type of, uh, you know, wearable uh, augmented reality. Uh, 
uh, inner experience. And then uh, on the other timeline is a timeline of an infinite future where we transcend time and space and take our bodies with us beyond the light barrier and become a race of galactic beings like the Arcturians, beings of pure love and light, uh, traveling faster than the speed of light, working with other emerging civilizations to guide them in the same way that advanced civilizations like the Arcturians are guiding us now. Uh, so, you know, one future has a dead end, one future has an infinite uh, possibility. And yeah. for a while, those two timelines are going to run parallel to each other because the contrast creates the challenge and the test of discernment that we were meant to evolve through so that we could eventually warn other worlds about uh, these different pathways. I'll take two tickets for the other timeline. Thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And that's also, I, um, I mean, this, this whole book uh, is a teaching. Book, it's a yeah. teaching about those timelines. Um, really? Yeah. There, I received a, I mean, the whole book was given to me in visions. Uh, I would go to sleep at night. I would see the characters. I would be uh, living through the dramas with them. And in some cases, I would have visions that spelled out very large revelations about the timelines that all got encoded into the book. So it is a revealed fiction book. It's a spiritual teaching about the timelines. I hope more people read it. <laughs> yeah, I want to read it. I want to read it. That's so exciting. It's even more relevant now because some of the things that the book predicts uh, I mean, the book was published in 2018, but it talks about things that had not happened on the timeline yet. And now we are seeing some of those predictions starting to come true. Love when that happens. <laughs> Love when that happens. Augie, you were going to say something. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, when, when you're talking about that, it's coming through. That reminds me of a saying that America will definitely have a, an enormous shortage of conspiracy theories because they're all coming true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, America is uh, it's a pretty wild place. Uh, I mean, every place is going through an evolution, but uh, America is one of those places that has attracted some of the darkest elements of greed, fear, and corruption uh, because the American people agreed on a soul level to, uh, to take on the process of evolving through that and helping to transform and transmute it uh, to give birth to uh, new blueprints for empowerment and change and peace uh, that um, are still in the process of emerging. Yeah, I see we got five minutes left on the show, but I really want you to comment. You are an astral traveler and speak to the people about that for a little bit. Out-of-body experiences can take you places which are amazing and Maybe speak to how simple it is to learn this. Just give them a little yeah. treat. Anyone who really, really wants to learn, and I would say that uh, probably for the average person, you have to want it more than you don't want it. And I say that specifically because a lot of times we might feel like we want something, we're interested in it, but underneath the surface, we might also be afraid of it just enough that that kind of blocks uh, progress. So uh, you have to want it more than you don't want it. Uh, but if you really want to learn, you will receive help. 
you don't have to figure out how to do it on your own. Uh, you will receive help from spirit guides, from beings that can help you. And what that help might look like is you'll start to experience contact from guides that can help you get into various levels of an out-of-body state. It might not necessarily lead to like a full launching out-of-body right away, but uh, sometimes it starts by uh, your, your guides contacting you at just the right time, uh, either you know during a nap you're taking or sometimes they, they might wake you up in the middle of the night when you're uh, in a certain kind of in-between wake and asleep state for a little while. They contact you when you're at a certain brainwave state and they might ask you, are you ready? Uh, not that you'll necessarily hear the words, but the information is there. There's an invitation that says, are you ready for training? And if the soul says yes, uh, the conscious mind might not even know what's going on. The conscious mind might be going, whoa, what is going on? I'm feeling these vibrations. But exactly. if the soul basically said yes to the training, so stuff starts happening. And, you know, so you get contacted when you're just at the right moment of awake and asleep. It's a, a mind awake, body asleep state. And vibrations will start to come in that cause you to become aware of the second body, the ethereal body. And you start to feel that there's a difference between the physical body and the vibrations of your second body, that the two uh, exist uh, independently of one another and uh, that they're designed to be matched, to work together. One fits the other like a glove, but they can also come apart. Uh, not that there's, you know, the link is ever severed until the body passes and, and you uh, transition into the, the afterlife experience. But yeah, you can ask for help and just start to notice the vibrations that come to you when you uh, feel that something is happening and then see where that takes you. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. That's beautiful. We have about two minutes. Um, tell people one more time how to find you, how to find your book. Yes. So the book, Roya Sands and the Bridge Between Worlds, is available on Amazon. And you can find me at sarion.com. That's S-A-R-Y-O-N.com. You can also look me up on YouTube. And I encourage you to go to my YouTube channel and subscribe and turn on your notifications because I'm uh, posting new things, uh, you know, sometimes not super consistently, but I, I it kind of comes in waves, you know, I, I get a, an inspiration and I'll uh, answer a lot of people's questions for a while and start posting new things I'm about to move into doing more now. And yeah, I, I love hearing from people. When people leave me comments, questions, I try to be pretty good at engaging and interacting with people. I just subscribed to your channel, so thank you. <laughs> thank you. And also, uh, you know, some people might be interested in this. I just channeled an update from the Arcturians, and I just posted that to my website. And it's right there when you first go to the website. It's the first thing you see, and it is um, a two-hour-long webinar uh, that was uh, taped on Zoom. And you can sign up for that. It's donation basis. So, you know, if you feel to receive it as a gift, you can. Uh, you can also leave a donation. Either way, uh, that is there. 
Beautiful. Is that the one where you said that the Arcturus are helping you do the seminar? Yes. One of my Arcturian guides uh, came in and channeled through me for, gosh, it was almost an hour, seems like. Uh, he was speaking through me and giving a whole uh, planetary update. Oh, that's interesting. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank you so much. I'm going to have to read your book and, and, and maybe you'll come back on and let's talk about your book in the not too distant future. Absolutely. Thank you right. so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, thank thanks, Max. Thanks, everybody in the chat room. I see you guys lively as usual. Love you guys all so much. So much love to you. Please take care of each other. And we'll see you either Friday night at 7.30 for the Quantum Wellbeing Show. It's only a half hour. It's just a little blip. It's about everything quantum well-being. Last week, we talked about what do women want in relationships. Um, I'm not sure what the topic is this week. We might talk about what men want and then bring it together. And then we've got Augie on Sunday night at 9 o'clock. Is it 9 o'clock Eastern, Avi? Yeah, the paranormal world. And, uh, yeah. So put your, yeah, put your seatbelt right, on, on for that. On Sunday night, I'm interviewing a guy from Sweden. He's talking about all the weird stuff going on in Sweden. That'll be interesting. All right, guys. Much love, everybody. We'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you, Sarian. Thank you so much.